It is time once again for the Ronnie's Reflections, episode 74, coming to you live and in color, April 9th, 2023, a little bit later in the day, it is 11.10 a.m., beautiful, beautiful Easter Sunday here in Kansas, the sun is shining, eggs have been caught, many things have happened this week, let's talk about them. Listener feedback, the question of the week last week, what is a fun experience that you have had recently? Shout out to my boy, Carter Scotland Allen. Congratulations on over 600 subs on your YouTube channel now. He said, a fun experience I had recently has been exploring more of Atlanta with Daviana and trying tons of new food. That sounds delicious. I like new food. Daviana's a cool lady. Congratulations on that, man. Keep killing it. He also went on to say, I would maybe check out my review of Avatar 2 and decide if you want to finish it. I saw it in theaters and it was quite forgettable, to be honest. Carter has excellent taste in uh, movies. His YouTube channel is dedicated to talking about movies and reviewing them, and I trust his opinion greatly, probably more than anybody else like that does movie reviews. So I'm going to take that as I don't need to watch the rest of Avatar 2. I tried to uh, revisit it this week at one point. Um, I think it was... Oh, I woke up at 4 a.m. That's what it was. I woke up at 4 a.m. and I was like, I need a movie to fall back asleep to. And Avatar 2 was what I chose. And that was a good choice because I fell back asleep. And yeah, I didn't I didn't miss anything, I don't think. So thank you, Carter. And oh, we've got more of a Carter comment. He went on to talk about uh, his feelings on Lego. He said, also, I've definitely felt the same about Lego. As of recent, I love minifigures and will probably never stop collecting them. But as for all the Star Wars and Harry Potter playsets, you eventually just have enough. I hate the idea of having sets not on display or in use when I know there are diehard fans out there that would appreciate certain sets more than I will. Could not agree with you more. Um, I recently put up all of my Harry Potter Lego sets for sale, and that's one of the things that Kelly really loves about my house. And when she found out about that, and she would come over and she'd be like, some of your Lego Harry Potter sets have disappeared. What's up with that, buddy? I would say... I, I sold them, and she looked at me like I kicked a dog or something. <laughs> so uh, I've delisted them. They are not for sale anymore. The ones that I have still in my possession, I suppose I will hang on to them um, until she decides that it's okay for me to part with them. Because <laughs> they literally do they do nothing for me anymore. Um, I guess they're kind of sort of cool to look at, but I don't know. Different phase of my life, I guess. Journal of the Scots. Congrats to you, sir, on over 350 subs on your YouTube channel. That's awesome. He wanted to talk about Star Wars. Uh, I don't know if he has spent a ton of time on his channel talking about his feelings, um, just like on different Star Wars shows. I know that he does like journal entries and, and talks about the shows interspersed with times that he talks about Lego sets, but if he would maybe spend some time talking about going down the rabbit hole of all of his uh, Star Wars theories because he followed up a couple of different times and I can hear and see the passion that he has for Star Wars and the ideas that he has for maybe how they can bring in more villains into the Star Wars universe, which is something that I'm really hungry for. He said, I agree on Star Wars content, but last week Bad Batch and Mando 3 episodes were probably best in a long time. Uh, Mando, yep. It's been it's been it's been good. It's been a roller coaster of a season. There's there's still not the big baddie that we're kind of out there looking for. Uh, there was like a bunch of Star Wars news with new films announced this week, and uh, the Ahsoka 
show got a nice long trailer, and we got to look at that, and we got to see a little Grand Admiral Thrawn teaser, which I'm stoked about, the big baddie. We need that. We need that in the Star Wars universe. And they've hired David Filoni, which has done a lot of different Star Wars. I think he's like more in the animated kind of realm with uh, like Clone Wars and Rebels, and, and don't crucify me if I'm totally off on that. But I think he's going to work to kind of tie together all of the different TV Star Wars properties, which sounds really cool. Um, oh, I forgot to add Andor to my list of things that I watched this week and finished. I need to do that because I did. So I think Star Wars is in like a little bit of a rebounding period now, you know, after kind of the letdown of Episode Nine, I've been digging the, um, the TV shows, the shorter content, and there's lots of really, really good stories to tell out there, and it seems like they're embracing that and they're digging into it, and I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Um, yeah, so thanks for the responses this week, fellow Roonies, and our question of the week this week, what is one thing or situation that scares you? I'm going to cover the thing and a situation. So the thing that scares me is flying. I don't know why I have this fear. I've only had one instance of really bad turbulence while flying on an airplane. Um, I went, I flew out to Washington DC to spend some time, uh, as a tourist with my family. My sister went out there for some kind of competition for school. And so, uh, we were all just going to go out there and, and make a family vacation trip out of it. It was a lot of fun, but the plane ride there was not um, I had two different layovers, and the first plane ride was fine, and then the, I think the, maybe the second layover, uh, we wound up on a smaller passenger plane, and it wasn't, there was maybe, I would guess around 30 to 50 people, passengers on there, um, but it was like two seats on one side of the aisle and one seat on the other side of the aisle, and I think that I was on the side of the aisle where I had just one seat, which was awesome, because I had the aisle, and a window. That was great. But what I didn't realize is that smaller planes experience greater turbulence just because of physics and whatnot, I guess. Um, and the turbulence that we hit coming into Washington, D.C. was just very unnerving. It was just a lot of jumping around and bumping, and, and it was just really uncomfortable. And we didn't have any, you know, like steep dives or turns or anything like that that I remember. But I just remember kind of being on edge for however long the flight was. I think it was under an hour. Uh, and that was not super fun. So ever since then, I think, uh, I've not enjoyed being on planes. And I really, I don't like being a passenger in a car either. It's just the the feeling of not being in control of something that is hurtling you down the road or through the air at a great measure of speed that you're not in control of and can't have any control of at all. You're just kind of sitting there twiddling your thumbs, enjoying the ride. Um, I will set foot on a plane. Like it's not something that I have total anxiety about that I don't ever want to do again because I would like to do some traveling um, at some point and go places and do things and see things. But there is that that fear that's that's in there. And I know some people medicate <laughs> heavily whenever they get on a plane. Maybe that's something that I can talk to my doctor about. But it's not it's not like debilitating fear. It's just kind of that I don't know. It's just like. I gotta, I gotta psych myself up to it, and then once I'm on there, and we're going, it's fine, you know. I don't, I don't know, I don't know. It's kind of the same thing, that I, same way that I feel about death. Like if you are on a plane and you're going to die, and the plane is like hurling towards the ground, you don't have any time to reach out to people and tell them, you know, one last goodbye or one last I love you, 
And if there's like a silver lining, I guess, to cancer or things like that, like diseases that you know that you have, and there's kind of a somewhat slow decline, you can kind of get your situation in order and you can talk to people a couple of last times and tell them how you feel. Things like, you know, dementia, like getting old like that and just kind of like fading into um, not really knowing what's going on or heart disease or crashing in a plane. You just don't have time to get your affairs in order. So like cancer sucks, no doubt about it. But I guess if there's a silver lining to it, that that is it. Um, that got dark. <laughs> I didn't plan on, on uh, bringing up the C word in this one, but yeah. That is the thing that I am afraid of, a situation that I'm afraid of other than dying in a plane crash or dying suddenly because of heart disease, would be uh, Beckett getting lost. Uh, that scares the bejesus out of me still to this day. I talked about that very recently. I feel like I can't let him out of my sight whenever we go places because I have this uh, unfounded fear built within me that somebody's going to grab him or he's going to wander off and I'm never going to find him and he's he's gone just like that. I guess that came from watching movies where that happened. I, I don't know. I watched um, Minority Report recently and, and there's a kind of the backstory for Tom Cruise in that movie is that his son just like winds up disappearing and then he kind of goes down this like deep path. Son disappears because he's the dad. Tom Cruise is in the pool and then he comes up to the surface and all of a sudden the kid's gone. Just like that. It can happen just like that. So there's this fear within me that that's going to happen if I let Beckett out of my sight. And I keep thinking that I'm going to buy an air tag and like figure out some kind of like, I don't know, like wristwatch or like some way that you could just put that on him. That way, if we do get separated, that I would have some kind of tracking device with him. That would be smart. I need to freaking order that because I've been thinking about doing that for a long time. It would probably make me feel a little bit more at ease about taking him to places where there's lots and lots of kids running around. I think it was last summer that we went to Oklahoma for an overnight trip and we went to this gigantic outdoor park, really amazing area, but there were just so many kids there and the playground equipment was like really high up in the air and the amount of anxiety that I was feeling watching him climb way up in the air whenever I would like lose sight of him for a couple of seconds was like crippling to me. <laughs> Enough so that I was like, I don't want to be here anymore. We need to go. We need to leave. And it was, or I just had to, which is what I wound up doing. I just wound up following him everywhere. So yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. What are, what is a thing or a situation that scares you? Feel free to leave a comment down below. Stuff on my mind. Um, we've got some, I think probably three things to cover here. First one is the power of words. Just kind of a PSA out there. If you work with people or if you have people that you care about, I just want to share a little story this week that happened to me that really illustrates the fact that I think that there is such tremendous power in words, either that you write to or about people or that you say to or about people. So I did a presentation this week, or I thought I was going to do a presentation. Let me back up. One week ago, I did a presentation to superintendents on a Zoom call. There's about 100 of them. And it was just a five-minute little, hey, I'm going to be doing some free webinars this week. We're going to talk about ChatGPT. We're going to talk about how to start your own podcast. If you want to join those, just going to be 30-minute webinars, totally free. Here's the dates. Here's the times. Join us at that time. Fast forward a week, I've done one series of those, and then since then, 
or I guess the webinars were on Tuesday, and then we had another meeting with all of those superintendents because we have that weekly Zoom call with superintendents every Thursday. So we had the <laughs> we had the webinars, and then we had another Zoom meeting, and I thought that I was going to plug those uh, webinars again because we were going to have two more of them the following week, this Tuesday. Um, we had this really long presentation from this person, and it took like most of the meeting, and so we got to about the last 10 minutes of the meeting because we like to keep it to an hour out of respect for the superintendent's time, and the person that runs the meeting, um, one of my bosses, got on, and they said, so Ronnie's going to be doing these webinars again, just an announcement, you know, make sure that you uh, sign up for those if you want, and it was just kind of this little maybe like one minute blurb. And then he says, now on to the important things that you really want to know about. And I was like, really? Really? <laughs> I, was, I was just kind of dumbfounded and I was just really taken back by that. And maybe that's exactly what he meant. And he meant that my stuff doesn't matter. And here's the stuff that you actually want to know about. But why would why would he mention it if he didn't think that it was stuff like I understand like my thing in comparison to what he talked about, which was free money for schools and superintendents like that's that's something that obviously all of them are going to be interested in. But just the way that he phrased it really rubbed me the wrong way. And I have I have a real issue with, you know, like feeling like I'm not always super valuable as an employee. Like I know that I am. I know that I bring a lot of things to the company, um, but I'm always questioning, and especially this particular uh, person in our company, I'm always questioning whether or not they like me or if they think that I'm doing a good job because because little st stuff, little things like that, not exactly that, but things like that will continue to pop up. And then I overthink things and I overanalyze things, and that just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. You know, it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Um, not to the point where I'm like looking for another job. I still love my job, but it would just be really nice that for a job that I love and a company that I love working for, that I felt like I was valued by um, all of the people that are in those kind of leadership roles. And I I know, I, I'm like 95% sure <laughs> that this person values me and that the way that they phrased that was maybe not what they really meant. They didn't mean it in a way to devalue me or the contributions that I make. I think that they phrased it in a way that they were like, I know that this next thing is what is something that you're really all going to be interested in. And maybe my thing isn't what everybody's really going to be interested in, especially since we've kind of promoted it for two weeks in a row now. But there's just so much power in words. And I know that I'm maybe a little bit different from some people where I perseverate on things like that more than more than others. But I just really think that it's important that um, you choose your words very carefully, especially if you are having uh, a conversation with other people about somebody else. There's just so, many, so much power within that because, as you can see, I have not stopped thinking about it since Thursday, and it's Sunday now, and I won't stop thinking about it ever, ever, literally ever. <laughs> I will continue to go back to that situation because I respect this person. I respect them a lot. 
Um, they're one of the first people that introduced me to the company. I always loved everything that, that uh, they did as far as like the professional development that they hosted whenever I went to it. I look up to this person. And for them to say that, it, it kind of hurt me. It kind of rubbed me a little bit in the wrong way, for sure. Um, but yeah, I guess that's probably enough rambling about that. Power words, man. There's so much power in them. Other thing I want to talk about this week, uh, guitar going swimmingly, fantastic. Having just a ball with it. Um, I came up with a couple of different riffs on my own. Those were really fun. I posted... I think, I think I did another song every day. I might have missed one day in there somewhere, but I had a couple of requests this week. That was a little bit different for this week. Um, if you didn't know, I'm learning at least one song every day. Not always a full song, but at least like the cool, catchiest parts of a, a song that I like. And uh, I had a couple of people this week that requested that I learn a song. So I did, and in all of those instances, it was songs that I maybe would not have taken the time to learn, but I really enjoyed the process of learning some music that was a little bit different. The three songs were uh, Kryptonite by Three Doors Down. Very cool song. Maybe I'll insert the clip here. I don't know. Maybe I will. It's possible. And then I learned... um, Dreams by Fleetwood Mac, my uh, postal service lady that I talk with every day who just takes really great care of me and I give her candy every day. She's awesome. Um, She requested Dreams by Fleetwood Mac and that's a really cool song. So maybe I'll insert that one here and you can hear what that kind of sounds like at least at the beginning. Well, that was about a five-minute break in uh, the recording because I was trying to figure out the song of the freaking song. I cannot remember the title of it. Uh, Kelly wanted me to learn it. I learned it. I want to say it was by Lifehouse. For some reason, I labeled it as perfect in my video. Here it is. I'll just insert it. I have uh, I've texted her and asked her what the name of it was, and I will update later if I figure that out. It's driving me crazy, man. I'm very frustrated. <laughs> there might have been some desk pounding. <sighs> Not the good kind. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> I had to. I had to. Beckett's Easter. We had a fun-filled Easter yesterday on Saturday. Um, Beckett had a soccer game, so we went to that at two o'clock. He did great. He's still not a huge soccer fan, but he does love the fact that he gets a beverage and a snack. Um, the mom this week brought Chips Ahoy cookies. He was he was all about that. Um, we left there, and I totally dropped the ball, and I forgot that Easter was this weekend, and I did not get his Easter basket stuff organized. So I spun the yarn to him that the Easter Bunny and I conversed and that the Easter Bunny really wanted me to take him to Walmart to buy him exactly what he wanted out of his Easter basket. So we did just that. We went to Walmart. He picked out three or four different Poppy Playtime, Huggy Wuggy, Scary Little Dude action figure toys, and some Reese's candy, and a Mr. Beast bar chocolate candy, because the Mr. Beast advertising on YouTube got to him, and he's really been wanting to try that. Um, So we got all that stuff. 
came home. Uh, we wound up just kind of hanging out, playing plush battles. He likes to do plush battles where um, he has a certain amount of plush and I have a certain amount of plush. And here lately we've been on the same team, so that's been good. I haven't had to lose every time. And we go through what he calls levels. And basically we just like move around the house and then we get to the end and then we fight the big boss and we win and we get a prize, which is usually like a cookie or chocolate or something. <laughs> that's fun. That's good times. And uh, last last night we went outside and we enjoyed another fire pit fire and uh, looked at the stars, chatted, talked, watched some TikTok, watched some YouTube. It was great. Snuggled with the cat. But then uh, overnight I paid somebody uh, like, I don't know, Earlier this week, I think that they were, it's a former student of mine, and they were saying that they were wanting to raise money for a trip that they're going on for school this summer, and they were going to do Egg My Yard, which apparently is you pay somebody money, and they show up the night before Easter, and they throw a bunch of eggs in your yard, and that way the kid wakes up the next day, and they're like, oh man, the Easter Bunny came, this is so awesome, which sounds great, and I, I went for the 25 egg yard, which was $25, I think, so we woke up this morning, and I was like, Beckett, the Easter Bunny came. There's eggs all over the yard. Let's go. And I woke him up a little bit earlier than, than normal because I knew he'd be excited. And I wanted him to have time to enjoy that before we had to take him back to his mom. Uh, got him up at 730. He looked outside and he was like, oh, my gosh, there's eggs. And so we got dressed in the pajamas, went outside, found all the eggs, dumped out the eggs, opened them up. Really good candy. I was expecting like dollar store candy, but it was like Reese's and Starburst and uh, Smarties. He even wanted to leave the Easter Bunny a little a little egg with some candy in it. I thought that was really sweet. And uh, that was basically it. He's going to go over to his mom's house and get all kinds of Easter stuff. Uh, yeah, it was a good, good holiday. He, he made out pretty well. We've got some uh, Beckett, uh, Beckett-isms, some things that his mom sent me that he was talking about this week. So she said, some of B's deep thoughts this evening while I was trying to get him to sleep. Because they always snuggle before sleep. I do the same thing, but... Sometimes he, he asked me random questions, but he really went on some, some interesting avenues with this. So he said, why do we have bones? Why do kids have more bones than adults if adults are taller? It's a good question. Why did some dinosaurs have short arms? Why do we not have tails? Do walruses have a pouch like kangaroos for their babies? Why do some kangaroos have babies and some don't? Do I have milk in me to feed a baby? <laughs> what if my butt fell off? Why isn't thumb sucking allowed? Those are just some of the thoughts in uh, B's wide world of questions and things that are interesting to him on his mind. So it'd be fun to do another episode of Beckett's Reflections and ask him these questions and see if he can come up with some answers. But that's everything uh, for Stuff on My Mind for this week. On to the next section, Stuff That I Watched This Week. We went to the movie theater for the first time ever as a father and son Kelly and her daughter and her siblings also went as well. We had this big, giant group. I don't typically enjoy going to the movie theater, but this was a fantastic experience. It was opening weekend for the Super Mario movie, a movie that I've essentially been waiting for for all 38 years of my life. It's the Mario movie that I always wanted. I wanted it to be fun, colorful, to have tons of references for the video game enthusiast. Um, and, and to just be an overall enjoyable assault on the senses. And it was. It was exactly that. 
the reviews started coming in this week and I started to get worried. It was getting, you know, like fives and sixes and IGN gave it an eight. I usually go to IGN for a lot of my reviews. They gave it an eight, which is, that's an okay score. I was hoping for a 10 out of 10. For me, personally, I'm going to give the Mario movie a five out of five. The coveted five out of five. I thought it was amazing. Um, the animation was, it's the best animation that I've ever seen in my life. The pacing of it was incredible. I saw a quote from uh, the director today who said that he knows that people like speed running, and so he wanted to approach every scene like a speed runner. And every scene was like quick cuts and jokes and then moving on to the next thing and nothing overstayed its welcome. The movie itself didn't overstay its welcome. It got to about the hour and 15 minute mark, I would say, for the film. I'm guessing because I know it's an hour and 30 minute long movie. And you could kind of tell it was during that transition towards uh, the the last kind of crescendo in the movie. The last act, if you will. And I was like, I can't believe that we're already almost at the end of this movie. Which to me is a great sign that the movie was really fun and super good. If I feel like I haven't sat through a slog of a movie. Not uncomfortable in the movie seats, nothing nothing of the sort. Uh, Beckett really loved it. He had his cough going the whole time, so that was a little bit of uh, maybe a frustrating thing for maybe some of the people in the audience. I felt bad about the coughing because it was literally like every 10 seconds. <coughs> Things like that. I don't know. Like We've taken him to the doctor. He doesn't have COVID or anything like that. It's just He's just had this dry cough for weeks and weeks and weeks. Maybe he's got asthma. We're trying to get all that figured out. I felt bad for him that he had to do that, but we persevered. We made it through. We actually sat on the back row, which I, I don't know that I've ever sat on the back row uh, in a movie theater. I know I haven't sat on the back row in this one. It's not a huge movie theater, uh, but the stadium seating is is really nice. Like at some stadium seating, it's a little bit more gradual, but this one had really good stadium seating where um, I had kids sitting in front of me, so maybe that helped as well. But my view was not obstructed. I really like not having anybody behind me. Uh, having a kid coughing on me, that's great. <laughs> and Beckett was kind of enough to the side where there wasn't anybody sitting in front of him, so that was good. Overall, it was a, it was a really great experience. Kelly brought a bunch of, of candy and loaded Beckett up with candy, and I looked over at him at one point, and he was rolling his hands together like he was making something out of clay, only he was making things out of gummy worms. <laughs> he did great. It was an awesome experience. I really, really loved the movie. Um, it's not perfect by any means, but it's, I think it's the Mario movie that I've always wanted them to make. It was fun, beautiful, so many references, so many references, my gosh. Uh, I'm really looking forward to watching it again and, and picking up on even more of those references. So, 5 out of 5 for Mario movie. Highly recommend. Andor, I need to give Andor a score because earlier in the show, uh, I, I forgot that I even watched that this week and I finished it. Um... Is it? It's at least a three out of five. I thought it was good. Is it great though? Ooh, is it great? I'm gonna go with my uh, initial instinct of three out of five and say that Andor was good. There was a bit of a, a slow burn in the middle of the season, but then once they got to, uh, I guess you can say it at this point, the prison. Once they got to the prison, I thought that that was really, really interesting, fascinating look into something I hadn't thought of before. And side note. If we had a prison system like that, I don't think that we would have as many criminals because that would be a huge deterrent to people committing crimes. If that was going to be their punishment and that was the kind of prison that they were going to have to go to, I, I think that that would be pretty effective. I think it would be pretty effective. Um, 
I won't spoil anything more than that other than I love Andy Serkis. My gosh, that guy needs to be in more things. Um, I loved his character. It was kind of a little throwaway role almost, but he's just, I just really like him as an actor. So anytime he shows up in anything, I think he's awesome. Um, it's kind of interesting that he was um, the big bad guy in uh, The Force Awakens before he got um, axed in the second movie. Uh, what was his name? I don't remember. Whatever. It doesn't matter because he was insignificant, ultimately. <laughs> Whatever. I know I know Journal of the Scots is like, his name was this, you moron. <laughs> and that's okay. You can you can throw it in the comments. I'm sure that I'll remember by then. Uh yeah, three out of five is really good. I am looking forward to more of it because I think that there's gonna be an, at least another season. I heard that the first season is like one year, takes place during one year, but then the next season takes place over the course of several years. Cause it definitely doesn't lead right up to um the events in Rogue One. But it does, man, that after the credits scene was so good, and I forgot to stay for it, and then I thought, I wonder if there's an after the credits scene, and so I looked it up on YouTube, and that after the credits scene was good. Like, all the time that they're in the prison, they're making something, and you don't know what it is, and then after the credits, you get to see what it is that they made. So if you haven't seen that, go to YouTube and watch that scene. That was really cool, really cool. Uh, other thing that I watched this week, or I, really I just started it, I got maybe 20 minutes into it last night, was the movie 65. I downloaded that, and I'm a huge Adam Driver fan. Andy Serkis, Adam Driver, if they're in anything, I'm going to watch it. And uh, this movie got terrible reviews. It came out around the same time as Avatar, so that's that's a move. I think it was around Avatar. There was something else that came out around the time of this, and so there wasn't any buzz about it at all, and it just kind of got buried and you can tell that they sunk a ton of money into this thing, and, and ouch. Uh, but from what I've seen of it so far, really cool. The premise is, in a galaxy far, far away, so not, not, not Star Wars, but they're in another, another galaxy. And this galaxy of humans has the ability to travel amongst the stars. They've got starships, and they can go around. And so Adam Driver's character is on a mission to go to a planet to do some mining of some kind, I think. But on the way there, uh, something happens, and he winds up at a different planet. And on this planet, apparently there are dinosaurs that are going to try and murder him. Um, that's kind of where I've gotten so far, is, is he's on this planet now. But I love everything about it. It's got Adam Driver. It takes place in space. Um, there's dinosaurs. There's going to be like murder and hunting and killing and things like that. Sign me up. I, I am very excited to see how this movie plays out. Now, there might not be any substance to it other than that, and that might be the whole movie, and I, I could be like really high on it right now and then be really disappointed. That's totally possible. But at least for now, it seems like a really cool movie. I'm excited about it. I was a big fan of the Turok Dinosaur Hunter games back in the day on Nintendo 64, and this kind of kind of sort of gives me the vibes of that, only more futuristic. Uh, last thing that I want to talk about that I watched this week that's currently in progress is the Masters. The Masters Golf Tournament currently in progress. Um, they had a rain delay, and they wound up playing the rest of the third round today. And right now, Brooks Kepka is leading by two strokes. So it's a nice, tight leaderboard. You always want the leaderboard to be tight, just to kind of build the drama. Um, I love the Masters. It's just the... It's a golf course that I will never play because it's it's only available to a very select elite group of people. You cannot go there and pay any amount of money to play it. So it's kind of got that era of mystique around it where it's like 
it's there. I know it's it's there, but I can never I can never go there and, and do it. And so to see the golf course and to see its beauty every year and to know that it, it's the top prize in golf, all of the best players in the world want to be Masters champions. It's the Super Bowl of golf. And so it's really exciting uh, if you're into golf at all to watch this uh, every year. I don't have cable, so I'm just watching it online, but they do stream it online on masters.com, which is cool, which is uh, useless information to you probably at the time that you're watching this. But And I know that there probably aren't many other golf fans out there, but I'm excited to see the rest of the tournament, watch it unfold, crown another champion. I'm not a big Brooks Kepka fan, so I'm not rooting for him. He's kind of full of himself, uh, a little bit cocky. I'm not I'm not digging his vibe. I like John Rahm, and John Rahm is in second right now. He's a Spaniard. Um, he's kind of got – he lets his emotions out on his sleeve, so I kind of enjoy following him around on the golf course. He's cool. And then we've got a couple of guys that I'm not super familiar with. We've got Bennett, who is an amateur. I think he's only 23 years old. He's tied for seventh at minus four, so he's like seven shots off the lead at this point. But to be an amateur and to be in the top ten on the final day of the Masters is really, really cool. That's awesome. Um, if he wins, he doesn't get any money, no money at all, which is kind of crappy for him. But, yeah, looking forward to watching that unfold. Masters, Masters, Masters. Speaking of that, I did something this week that I always wanted to do. I recorded every single shot that I took during a round of golf, and I uploaded that into a YouTube video. That was a lot of fun. It was just my my local municipal golf course. Some of the camera angles were not great. I was even thinking about like bringing a proper tripod out there at some point maybe and filming it that way. That way you get kind of the off-the-ground angle because like this, I just had my camera set up on the ground and so you really couldn't see much out in front but you could see me hit the shots and at one point I had the best round of my life going and it all fell apart at some point uh, as it often does very quickly in a round of golf but that was cool to to record every shot and to have actually a a decent round recorded uh, to share that that was a lot of fun last section real quick games I played uh, Beckett James Williams wanted to play Mario Maker this week. And he's always talking about wanting to build these levels, and I've always kind of, like, discouraged it for some reason because I thought that it would be too difficult for him and that he wouldn't enjoy it. If you've never tried to make a level in Mario Maker, it's really hard. I have attempted to do it, and the menu is is it's confusing. Uh, but to my surprise, I handed him the controller and I showed him a few basic things, and he figured it out. He, uh, he made this level that was impossible, that I could not compete. And he doesn't want to play the levels, but he wants to make them, and he wants me to attempt them and fail them. <laughs> I have never heard him laugh harder than he did watching me fail his level over and over and over again. And then whenever I beat it, he was like, all right, well, I'm going to make another level, and you're not going to beat that one, Dad. And I got uh, some of his reactions on film, and I'm looking forward to having those in the vlog this week. So Beckett is officially a gamer. He doesn't want to play the levels but he likes to make them. He's very artistic, that boy of mine. Ooh, do we have an answer for the song? Uh, oh, Whatever It Takes is the name of the song. Whatever It Takes. And I think it's by Lifehouse. Yeah, Whatever It Takes by Lifehouse is the name of the song. That's the title. I can rest a little easier knowing that. Thank you, Kelly. <laughs> the other game that I played, I talked about it last week, Metroid Prime Remastered. Um, I like this game. I don't like getting lost and the fact that literally I have to have a companion guide up at all times sitting next to me telling me where to go next because there is so much 
get to the end of a level and fight the boss, and then you have to backtrack and go somewhere. But the map and the game just doesn't tell you where to go. It's just it's mind blowing that they spent all this time remastering this game and putting all of this work and effort into making it look good. But they didn't do quality of life things like, hey, after you beat this boss, we're just going to throw a little icon on the map. This is where you need to go next. That's all you had to do. That's it. And it's like, I know that there's this argument for Metroid that it's, well, it encourages exploration and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, but there's quality of life things that you can do to make your game a little more accessible and um, respectful of my time. I got frustrated with it yesterday for the first time because you play the game for five minutes and then I feel like I've got to read this thing on the iPad that tells me where to go. And I'm, I'm like going back and forth and then I got lost and I had to figure it all out. And it was like, huh, I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> I'm six hours into the game. I would say that I'm like 65% of the way done with the game. It's not a long game by any means, but... The gameplay, really good, really smooth. The graphics, looks incredible. Um, it's fun to level up your character and to get those different abilities. I just wish that it was a little bit more respectful of your time and had an icon on the map that told you where you needed to go for your next objective. I can still explore things on my own. I unlock an ability that uh, enables me to go to a place that I couldn't go before. I will go and explore that, but just remind me where I need to go in order to progress the story. Ugh, frustrating. I'm not giving up. I'm not quitting. I will go back to that game. But they could do better. Do better, Nintendo dadgummit. <laughs> Alright, that is the end of this episode. Thank you for tuning in to episode 74. Lots of good rambling in this one. I uh, hope you all have a fantastic week. And I don't think I've got anything crazy on the schedule. Just looking forward to... I guess making videos, doing my work, being employed, and sharing more positive words out there with everyone. <laughs> Have a good week, everybody. Bye-bye.